Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ciao a tutti. This is Anthony Fasano from the Italian American Podcast. I want to welcome you to a special episode. The National Italian American Foundation, also known as NIAF, recently became a partnering sponsor of our podcast. In this episode, Dolores and I visit NIAF's headquarters in Washington, D.C. to talk to their staff about Italian American pride and heritage and how they work to preserve it and celebrate it. You'll hear an in-depth conversation with NIAF President John Viola and one of their board members, Dr. Rosa, where we really get into Italian-American heritage, pride, and respect. One week from now, on April 28, 2016, NIAF will be holding their annual New York City gala at Cipriani on 42nd Street. Dolores and I will be there. And if you're going to be there, please stop by and find us and say hello. We'd love to catch up with you. And we love all the emails and the warm wishes we're getting from all of you about the podcast. You can still get tickets for that event at NIAF.org. Before we jump into the episode, I would just like to recognize our sponsor for the show, Select Italy. Select Italy is the ultimate source for travel to Italy and offers a wide array of superior Italian travel products and services, including customized itineraries, fascinating tours, romantic getaways, unique and fun culinary classes, yacht charters, transportation, hotel reservations, villa bookings, tickets for museums, musical events, and more. Enjoy the episode. We're going to spend this episode talking to the staff at the National Italian American Foundation about what each of them do individually, about some of the challenges that the Italian American community is up against that they're, um, you know, that they're tackling or that they're standing up for, how they promote our heritage, our culture, and really just it's kind of going to be like a day in the life of the National Italian American Foundation from kind of beginning to end and kind of the issues that they're dealing with so that you're aware of them and hopefully you can support them. And no, no matter what, you should understand what's going on with your heritage, you know, where you're from. It's a very important thing. That's why Dolores and I started the podcast. So before we get started here, Dolores, you want to say a few words? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I couldn't be happier right now. I'm sitting in NIAF headquarters. I'm surrounded by Italian-Americans and non-Italian-Americans who work very hard to promote and celebrate our culture. Uh, NIAF headquarters is this really charming older building and we're surrounded right now by all kinds of Italian memorabilia. I'm looking at a flag that says it's great to be Italian and this is just a warm and comfy environment. Yeah, this is going to be a fun day, and we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about the foundation. But we're gonna, as you said, Anthony, we're gonna learn a lot about what the foundation does for us as Italian Americans, and that's really the most important part of the show. 
Great. So without further delay, I'd like to bring on John Beold to introduce himself and introduce the foundation. John, tell us how you guys and I get, get things accomplished here at NIAPS. Well, I'm John Viola. I'm the president of the National Italian American Foundation. I have been for uh, about four years, um, or four years as the chief operating officer and three years as the president. Uh, we're surrounded by our incredible team here at headquarters. This is about 15 or 16 of us, or 17 of us, depending on who's in and out of town uh, at, at certain points. And our foundation is dedicated to uh, a few really core, uh, few core missions, preserving and protecting our heritage, uh, strengthening the ties between Italy and the United States, uh, making available opportunities for education and, uh, and betterment to the people of our community, uh, promoting the Italian language, and essentially being a centralized resource, uh, not just in the nation's capital, but around the, the globe, for people of Italian heritage from all backgrounds and all places. There's 200 million people around the world, and uh, we like to think of ourselves as, as at least attempting to be a central point for them to come, to interact, to exchange ideas, and to know one another better. And uh, I think that's what we, we work really hard to do. What we do here as a foundation is not formulaic. At the end of the day, as good as our programs are, as well-practiced as our uh, events are, as polished as the magazine is, they have to be flexible because our product is how you feel about yourself. It's your identity, right? We're dealing with people's innermost ideas of who they are, this Italian identity that's different for each of us. So you can't work on that if you're not intimately tied to it. It just doesn't work. And so for us, everybody is taken soul to soul because that's what we're doing when we go out into the world. So for those of you who aren't Italian-American, how do you, how do you guys bring that passion um, that John was just talking about to something that technically isn't, isn't yours, let's say? Anybody? Who's not? Okay, I'm going to call you out. Who's not Italian-American? Okay. So, so only actually a few of you. So maybe fellas. everybody just carries you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Am I yeah. the Italian-American guy here? Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe on staff. That yeah. was Freudian. Well. <laughs> I surrounded myself with Italian women. <laughs> <laughs> Carlo's in Miami. So Carlo's Carlo was, in Miami. Uh, he was kind of right now, exiled like yeah. Simba. You were like, get wow. out of here. I'm taking him. <laughs> It's a good Italian male. Surround yourself with some beautiful women at work. Yeah. Yeah. I think the funny thing about um, people being passionate about their Italian-American culture is that it's unique and it's not unique at the same time. It's unique because of the the specifics of being Italian, but that, that feeling that you belong to something bigger than you can be applied to any culture. So if you can understand that feeling, then you can you can share the passion for it. Yeah. And and not having the same specific upbringing as everybody else is fine because while you might not have that same connection to it at first, you can have an inquisitiveness that right. can manifest itself instead and you can absorb more, I think. So basically you're saying you'll still go to Sete with us every time. Yeah, yeah. So, 
because he's always complaining about the Italian restaurants we pick. No, 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 no. I'm not, no, no, no. Okay, wait. I need to stop. I need to stop you right now. I need to stop you right now. I'm not complaining about the restaurants themselves. I'm complaining that we don't go to more restaurants. Oh, because you because they probably find one they like, and we go to the same one. We're people of how do you say? They're creatures of habit. To be fair, we go to the closest one possible. Yeah, we do. But it has outdoor and you want to laugh I do the same thing if we're gonna ha- if we're gonna actually go out like I'm not gonna cook the Italian we're gonna go out for it I'm like let's go it's close to the apartment but I'm like let's go to set day because I know it's good mm-hmm. yeah I know it's edible yeah yep. with, yeah. with Italian it's, food it's you know you don't want we get emails about the podcast people first thing they say in the emails I'm not Italian yeah but Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, I this made me think of this, or I decided to research my heritage, or I just, and you know, remember the one woman sent us a whole thing about her Italian neighbor that had a Saint Joseph's yeah, Day awesome. tradition, and she was sharing it with us. Mm-hmm. But again, she reached out to us. She obviously listened and reached out to us because it's not necessarily all the time saying Italian American. Like you said, people are interested generally in, in their cultures and their traditions, and I think that that's yeah. something that we learned through this too. Well, and also the, the reason that I was wondering that, you know, if, if it's helped in pique your interest in your own culture and even the rest of you, I'd be interested to know, maybe were you kind of like, yeah, I'm Italian, like my grandma was Italian or something like that. And then when you started working here, you realized like you really started getting into it more because I've always been very interested in, in my heritage. I grew up that way, but even just doing the podcast, it's, it brings it out in a an even deeper way. You know, we're so immersed in the topic, and the more you kind of get into it, the more you want to get into it. And one of the big themes that we hit on on all of our episodes is the idea that, you know, you have this community here. Obviously, you come here every day to work. It's great. It's very communal. A lot of us grew up with that in very Italian-American neighborhoods, but as the generations are going on here, there's a lot less of that. So, you know... When we're here together, you're working in a place like this, we're doing the podcast, we're always exposed to it, like every yeah. day. But the bigger challenge is that a large number right. of Italian Americans aren't. Um, and I know that obviously all a lot of the things that, that you do here are hoping to keep that going or, you know, like we talk about maybe things we can do to bring it back. Um, but I think that we, we both feel really strongly about that, um, which is one of the reasons that, you know, we are excited to be kind of working with all of you because it's a it's just a big thing i mean you know i have three young kids and you know you don't know i mean <laughs> shock you know, this i didn't know if that was like oh my god three kids or like no. you you have three yeah. kids yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he looks yeah. like a kid no, himself yeah. right yeah <laughs> but, but that's that's what makes me think about a lot of these things is that you know i did a lot of the stuff we talked about you know dinner together you know, uh, cooking, etc. But you know, my, I don't see my kids getting to do that as often. So, when we talk about here, I think and it's important, and I hope it's what sort of, I hope it's what separates us when people examine our foundation. I hope what separates us is we're an organization that has made a real commitment to evolution. So we don't talk about the concept of bringing things back. We talk about the concept of bringing things forward, to, to bringing. New ways, like even my family. I grew up in a, in a very tiny neighborhood in an incredibly old-fashioned family that 
I mean, check off the boxes. We did everything. You know, I mean, we were making wine, killing animals. You know, this was time time <laughs> travel, not not domestic <laughs> animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, them to eat them. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, even my family, as we've evolved in one generation, doesn't get together every Sunday anymore because me and my brothers all work in different cities, and you know, things have changed. We we don't make the feast every year. We make it every two years. But what we try to say here is, look. It's it, we talked about it through a treat. It's the era of bowling alone. People need to be around each other less in a modern world. So it comes when you want it to come and not by osmosis. Mm. So when you self-select to pursue your Italian heritage, we want to be the place that provides an accessible version of that for you. And, you know, I tell the story a lot, so people are tired of hearing it on the staff. <laughs> but I found NIAF. At 16, 17 years old, Lisa's aunt, who always was in oh, the community, brought me to the gala because she knew my family. And I hated the gala because it was horribly boring. <laughs> and I went upstairs afterwards and there was somebody playing Italian music on the piano. And then he started to sing. Everybody started to sing. And kids my age sort of came out of the woodwork. And Tommy Lasorda and Jerry Vale, all these people were singing these songs oh that I grew up with. And I was um, like, oh, I'm, I'm really, like, I'm normal here. I'm safe here. I'm, you know what I mean? Uh, this is where I belong. These are my people. And I came back for that every year. So what we try to capture is that sense of, even if it's the one time a year, if you come here once, you come to our event, if it's the one time a year you even access your Italianness. if we can provide you a venue where you feel good about it, safe about it, and something familiar that's going to empower you to be a better and more impactful person when you go back out into the world and hopefully it's going to register with you that it's because of your heritage mm -hmm. and you know that's what we do that's the whole that's the whole point we that's we insane. we have to know that we can't recreate the specifics of where we've come from but we can keep the essence alive and we should say that that gala you went to that was really boring was a long time ago, and they are no longer boring. Right no, now. We, no. Yeah. <laughs> we should add that. Uh, I mean, that I'm, was when I'm you were younger. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So now the galas. <laughs> now the galas are fun. Are what? I have to say, like the first Italian one. Oscars. Yes. <laughs> I, I like right. that. Okay. I think that John makes a great point that you know we're not you can't really go backwards. You got to go forward, and um, <clears throat> you know we see that, and we're trying to. I think. You know, obviously, this podcast is more of a technological, digital, mobile way for us to hope that the younger generation can, you know, learn a little bit about the past. Um, but again, take it forward in their own steps, which is important and out, which is a ton of opportunity now. There's so many different opportunities and different ways to do that. But for me, this helps me, right, in this day and age, being a member of NIAF and um, doing the podcast. It helps me to have more of what they had as you alluded to innately yeah it was just there yeah you know it, it's you know it's not a coincidence that NIAF wasn't founded until the mid-70s mm -hmm. you know what I mean point. our, yeah. our right. whole institution that we have here was built to be an evolution you know I still belong to my family's uh, Madonna del Nieve Society in Brooklyn that you're talking about a religious society that was founded in this country in 1883 wow. so you know to start with those mutual aid societies and move right. to a, an organization like this, and even in 40 years, we've evolved, and we've right. sort of recommitted ourselves to being an alliance of other groups, and 
you know, bringing the community together where they are. So, you know, the, I'm the most nostalgic person on the planet. If I yeah, could have my way, yeah, yours. we'd be writing yeah. quills. I'd be, <laughs> I'm, I'm old fashioned, but that's, that doesn't mean that um, we can. That doesn't mean that we have to sort of put blinders on to stuff that that could work. Right. So I could just curl up and do a ball and like cry that those times are different and people I love who were very traditional have passed away. But but instead, I personally got this great opportunity to do the podcast, which is a proactive way, right, to, to kind of remedy that. And, you know, to our listeners, you can start your own podcast or you can start something else or you can become a member of NIAF and listen to the podcast. And that's your pro- proactive way of bringing it forward, as John said. I think part of it is that we also, as we try to figure out what makes us special, yeah. and our heritage is so tied to our identity that I feel like in America we're kind of in this melting pot, yeah, yeah. and we all kind of just like yeah. get into this gray area. And once people realize, oh, I'm Italian-American, and they come to the organization, they find out what it is that really makes them special. Right. So that kind of propels them to yeah. get more into it and apply for scholarships and realize what it is that makes them who they are. Mm-hmm. Well said. We say it a lot. It becomes like a joke. But I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Our job is to be evangelical Italians. We have to go out and re-evangelize people because it, you know, if you didn't grow up like some of us did, where you just didn't know anything else existed, right. when you touch it, it's in your memory, it's in your DNA. You, you just feel good. Something awakens Absolutely. in you. And so we have to start that here. We have to start with passion. We have to start with charism. We have to start with accessing that and feeling good and then bring it out to the world. And you know, We're not going to be everybody's version of what it means. Some people may want a place that is more intense or is more reserved. I think all the time, like, there's 25 million of us out there, right? 18.2 million people wrote the word Italian in some capacity on the census. If every one of those people sent a dollar to this place, we would be able to do 20 times what we do. You know what I mean? It's... Yeah. Amazing to think, but you gotta you gotta let them know what it is, and it, it's not just a brochure or even as great as the magazine is. Sometimes you just have to feel it. Right. You have to come to the St. Joseph's table. Yeah, you have to come to the event, and then we have the responsibility to, to then bring you along and take you from a part of the family to a donor. That's you know that's a big process. It's not. Something you could just go out and sort of sell based on marketing materials. Well, you know, it's part of the reason we wanted to do this episode as well. You know, it's it's not just because we are partners now in this in this kind of occupational sense, right? Anthony and I, we're not just partnering with anybody, right? We're doing the, we're, this is on purpose. This was sure. thought out. We're doing it because we want to, as you guys are doing, expand the mission, the reason we started the podcast in the first place. And I think that, as Americans, we need to remember that lots of groups support each other and that as Italian Americans, it's our responsibility to support one another. And it doesn't have to be diluted because, you know, maybe you're third generation or, or even further removed from your original Hello. Um, <laughs> ancestor who came here. You know, that it's still, it's still now and it still matters now. Right. And I, and I will say... That we've interviewed some, you know, pretty big celebrities for the podcast, 
but they've all had the same feeling. Right. Like as soon as you talk to them, they're like just your everyday person. And yeah. They want to help. They want to promote. They do. Yes. And it's like blown blown us away a few right. times, and we're just right. like, wow, this is just like it's because of the heritage, the connection. They feel so passionate about it. They just want to help. So that's yeah. and then a lot of it. This is kind of exactly what John was just saying. So I think we've taken enough time from everyone here that obviously got a lot of projects they're working on. So we're going to transition into some individual interviews. You can hear a little bit more about some of the different things that they do here at NIAF and some of the some of the different tasks that each of them undertake, again, to protect, serve the Italian-American community. My name is Gabrielle Maletti. I'm the Director of Programs of the National Italian-American Foundation. I've been here for, it'll be three years in September. As Director of Programs, I handle all of the scholarships and grants that we give out every single year. We get give out about a million dollars in scholarships and grants to wow. Italian-Americans and Italian-American uh, organizations here in the United States. Right. Uh, we also do some uh, philanthropy work in Italy as well. Uh, but yes, our main focus is are these great scholarships that we give out to uh, these young, passionate Italian-American individuals. So I handle that aspect, but I also run all of our cultural and educational programs here at the Foundation. So our cornerstone program is the Ambassador Peter F. Secchia Voyage of Discovery. Right. Uh, this year is its, seven, its 17th year, the 17th year that uh, we're running this program. Mm -hmm. It was endowed by Ambassador Secchia, who was the American ambassador to Italy under Bush, uh, under the Bush senior administration. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, he's a dear friend of the foundation. Uh, that's why his name is on this building and um, right. basically everything that, right. that, uh, that's uh, NIAF. And, uh, and what's so, the Voyage of Discovery for our listeners? So the Voyage of Discovery is a really cool program. It's a two-week, all-expenses-paid trip to Italy, specifically our the NIAF region of honor, uh, for 20 Italian-American college students who, had who have never been to Italy. Right. Uh, they, the application process is November to the end of January, and uh, the, the application entails, you know, an online application, a couple essays, you know, letters of recommendation, transcript, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then our committee, committee uh, gets, a, gets together and chooses the, uh, the applicants. <clears throat> so it's really great because... These these students have never been to Italy before. They the only uh, Italian culture that they know is what you know what they grew up with, or, right. or rather what they haven't grown up with. Mm -hmm. Because we because we you know we come across Italian American students of all kinds. The ones that right. have been you know the Italian American heritage has been shoved down their throats for right. the past twenty one years, right. kind of like me. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> Or those that, you know, they know that they're Italian, they're, they have Italian last names, they have Italian first names, their parents are Italian, but unfortunately, you know, their, their grandparents passed away when they were three years old, and their parents right. never really cared to bring it forward, right. and so they know nothing about it, but they're curious, and so they start Googling, and they're, they go to, I don't know, the Italian feast in their little Italy, and they're, they're really curious, and they find out about us, and then they right. apply, and so it's really great to bring these young, uh, young kids, young students, I shouldn't call them kids, they're <laughs> students, young students together uh, for these two weeks to really immerse them at 100% into modern Italy, into the local culture in the region. Great. It's really great. And, you know, it's, it's not only, obviously, it's an educational uh, tour and uh, cultural tour 
of the region, but it's really great to be with these students. It's it's my favorite part of the year, not only because I'm going to Italy, which is right, great. You get to go. <laughs> <laughs> you get to go. But, you know, it's great to be in contact with these young students uh, that, you know, they're traveling not only to Italy for the first time, but they're traveling with 19 other people that share their same, yeah. you know, culture, their same yeah. values, and it's cool. That is You cool. know, and, yeah, like, they cool. get together, like, oh, yeah, I so wanna I, I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, and they come back almost like new people. Like, they're completely enthralled in their heritage and want to more, learn more, and they're more engaged in the foundation. Yeah. As John was saying in the staff meeting this morning, we we kind of, like, we, we mentor them and we, we kind of take them under our wing mm-hmm. as we go along. We, we invite them back to the gala. They're our volunteers and they're, they're engaged and we keep in contact. I have a student from last year's trip who was bringing, she's, she's a student at the University of Delaware. She's bringing her whole Italian club. They're taking a field trip to NEF headquarters uh, next month. And Great. to learn more about wow. what NEF does and, uh, you know, about the Italian culture, yeah. you know, Italian heritage. So it's really great So any program. college student who's Italian-American, <clears throat> as long as they have not been to Italy before, can apply. Correct. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And I mean, like, the whole never like been it. to Italy thing is like a little, we kind of stretch a little bit because there are kids that have been to Italy, yeah, they're three years old and they've been to Rome. Okay. You can, right. you can apply. Okay. You know, but if you just came back from a semester in Italy, right. you know, right. let the other kids go. Right. I see. Okay. So That's great. I mean, what, a, what an amazing gift. Do you feel this is a job or do you feel like it's something else? No, it's definitely not a job. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not a job. And, um, I, like a lot of people don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess you don't understand if you, you know, if you hate your job, but I don't mm-hmm. hate my job. I, I love it. And so I don't look at this as my job. It's not a job. It's my, it's my passion. I do this for passion. I definitely don't do it for the paycheck. Uh, I am still, you know, not in the, not living in the same city as my parents or yeah. any of my family right. members, but it's fine. Cleveland is a 50-minute, you know, plane ride. But I do this purely for passion. I'm clearly passionate about my Italian heritage. Obviously, being in this job, it just, like, puts it on, like, steroids. Mm-hmm. And I do nothing but, you know, eat, live, breathe the Italian you know, right. culture and here. I mean, look at my board. Like, I, I mean, like, I, I just... was going to say, at one point, I'm stra- I, I keep, you know, I know. And like, wanting yes. to look at, I'm looking at Gabriella, but behind her is this wall of more memorabilia and it's so, like, cool stuff that I keep wanting to look away from you to look at it. Yeah. You know, whether it's just like a picture of a Pope or a picture of your family or a banner that says Forza, what does that say? Azzurri. Oh, Forza Azzurri. You know, in Italia, maps. maps. Yeah. 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 So kinda, there's a lot of cool stuff going on behind her. Your I'm proud to be Italian button, which I might steal. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously you're very passionate about it. And you don't, you're not like, you haven't had enough. No. Or had enough of this cultural heritage stuff. No, you know, stuff. I do. I have, uh, John and I reminisce a lot. <laughs> I just want to be like nothing. Yeah, normal. But then like normal. I think about it and I'm like, no, I wouldn't want it any other way. And you know... I so here in DC they, they do this thing called Around the World and it's the day it's a weekend in May, yeah it's coming up uh, that all the embassies in DC open up their doors. Oh, I've heard and of this, yeah. you, it's completely free. You oh, just go in, you learn about the embassy, mm-hmm. you see these beautiful embassies, you know, and you know there's obviously people from that country there to talk about their culture and everything like that. I was standing in line to get into like I don't know Bulgaria or something like that. 
And these younger girls behind me are like, you know, typical, like very uh, Anglo looking girls. There, I was over, I, I'm Italian, so I eavesdrop. It's like, it's like, <laughs> naturally, it's just kind of what I do. And everyone in this office makes fun of me for it, but I like to know what's going on, okay? So um, I was listening to their conversation and they were discussing, they're like, you know, I wish I was something. They're like, I, they're like, we don't have like, cause they, there were these girls, um, with in traditional dress, they were dressed outside and like had, they were offering, you know, traditional sh- uh, food and then they were doing a dance or whatever. And she's like, I wish like w- I was something that I could like celebrate. Like, that's really cool to have like a culture that you could celebrate. And I was like, there it is. Like yeah, that is, that's, right. that's, that's it. That's great. You have yeah. something other people kind of, you know, they wish that they, they had. Yeah. And you know, like I, and, and I'm, we're lucky enough to Yes, we have culture, but we also, we have the Italian culture. Like, let's be specific. Like, it is the best. Can you get luckier than being Italian and American? I don't even... Yeah. Is there a better combination? I mean, no. I mean no, it's so no, ridiculous there really and hubris, <laughs> but I actually think that. How did I get blessed to be... Like, I wouldn't want to be anything else except both of those things. Both of those countries are amazing. Both of those kind of national characters are amazing. There's all this richness yeah. in yeah. both, and, like, I get to have... I get to have them in one body and life. It's so cool. I know. It really I feel is. like I have this. I often feel also with my heritage and the way I grew up, I will feel bad for other people who don't who don't have what I had and still have. Yeah. And I almost I often feel like I have a treasure. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm happy to share with you, but I know it's not the same and right as it being yours, but I feel that very strongly. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and it's it's the most uh, imitated and the most celebrated. And, I mean, we have a lot to be proud of. Absolutely. I mean, just go to Italy and mm-hmm. just spend one day in Rome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone wants to ha- eat Italian food. I mean, I think, uh, what is it, Dairy Queen just came out with a new sandwich. Oh, yeah, I can always see that commercial. It's called the Italian bruschetta. Oh, really? I mean, like, it's like yeah. falls out. Yeah, like, don't yeah, even, don't like, sh- even get near it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You know, but there's something but to say still, about yeah. that, and well, we talk we talk about this or all yeah. that. We talk about this all the time on the podcast. Like, you know, everyone wanted to go to the Italian's friend's house for dinner, right? Or, right. Yeah. Because you right. know, not the food, the community, mm-hmm. the table, the warmth, everything, the right. culture of it, and the big family, which is basically exactly what you're saying. Like now, on a bigger scale, with some of the restaurants and whatnot. But that was right. what happened in neighborhoods. So how exactly. can we get listeners, and even more importantly, people who are not yet listeners, right? How can we get them somewhere closer to your like zealous Italian <laughs> passion? Let's you know, let's let's move them closer. What can we? What can you tell them? What can you give them as like encouragement and wisdom about that? Oh gosh, you can take it. Uh, I mean. <clears throat> Obviously, try to stay connected with everything we do with yeah. what NEAP does, whether it's uh, like us on Facebook, Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow our blog, um, you know, be part of our just even our e-news, e-notizia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes out every, it's free, it's completely it's a free new, e-newsletter. Um, just sign up for our, uh, the, the letter and, um, you know, 
And if you can, you know, take a trip to Italy with yeah, your family. Sounds like and that's a big thing for you. It was a big yeah, I mean, well, absolutely. You had a different experience where you were there a right. lot, but I mean, just all the trips, any trip. I mean, I know I've been there a few times. Yeah, yeah. Just one time could be right. Enough to... Yeah, and you know, you know, reconnect with, you know, ask questions. Yeah. To your to your parents, mm-hmm. to your aunt, you know, your your grandparents if they're still alive, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, yes. whatever. Ask questions, record them. I record them and guess what i also record my mother in the kitchen i do the same thing every single played a bunch of my we played a bunch of my grandma's recordings already on the podcast just recording just take video and just record them yeah Yeah. just preserve it so you know when i first came here and had a meet came to niaf headquarters and i had a meeting with um with you and john and I guess what I want what I want to bring up is that maybe not everybody who's listening is as insane, right. proud, and and wants to preserve and has that kind of innate thing like right. we have to preserve this and dedicate a large portion of our life to doing so. But I remember I had that meeting, and for me it was terrific to meet other people um, of my generation right. who are feel the same way that I do right. and felt that way pretty much all their lives. And I remember John saying to me. Oh no! Like you, welcome to the mothership. Yeah, like this is it. And I, that's how I felt when I met you guys. Like it's like we're like a different species, and like right. it's like oh, ET. Yeah. I'm like, hey, touch my finger. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, we've met. So I want listeners who kind of either feel that way, but don't know what to do with it, because for a while I feel like, especially when I was younger, I didn't always know what to do with it. You have this like feeling inside you. Yeah, you know, you have this rich cultural heritage. You know you want to preserve it, but you almost don't know what to do. So I just want to kind of get across the point that NIAF and the podcast, that's something for yeah. you to do. Right. With yeah, that. exactly. And celebrate it, too. Like, right. you know, mm-hmm. really put yourself out there. I mean, like, or, you know, just show the tell the world that you're Italian. Well, thank that. you for sharing all the stuff yeah, with us and having absolutely. us here today and coordinating really this. And. You know, we wish you the best of luck with all the NEF's programs and everything you do, and we'll certainly stay connected and continue to help out. So will you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about yourself? I'm Dr. John Rosa. I'm a member of the board at National Italian American Foundation. Okay. Want to know my background? Yes, a little bit. I always like Um, to know who I'm sitting in a room with. Yeah. I'm I'm a doctor locally. I have uh, 12 clinics around Washington and Baltimore Beltway. Um, my family started an orphanage outside of Naples about 18 years ago, mm. and I came to this headquarters to look for help, but we were raising some funds, and I didn't want to be just a family-funded place, so we were seeing to how we could do some fundraising, and I met the people here and instantly hit it off, and I joined, I participated, I helped wherever I could, and they also helped with for my project. Mm. Um, then I was asked to be on the board, and I, that was... Ten years ago, I think. She Eight to ten a while. years. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, so you were here. You were involved before. Before John was. Yeah. Well, I John was a teenager when I first approached I mean, here. Yeah. He was very. He was just. He was active because right. of his family being involved. But yeah, he he went from student activist and now I have to running the show. Running so. it. Yeah, been able to see that progression, which is a nice one. Yeah, of course. Couldn't be. We could not be in a better position not having this guy here. Is that right? Oh my God. So you know, a bag of money. (laughs) You have no no money needed. So of course, we're John Viola is also Viola. Am I pronouncing it Viola? 
I go by anything. John Viola I'd sounds say, more. I'm John Viola when somebody wants to talk about Nyef, and I'm John Viola when somebody wants to talk about Nyef. So that's. <laughs> you never know. Okay. Really, so we're, we're also here with John. I'll just call you John. That's easier. Yeah, Johnny V. Um, Johnny V. I love that. And I have actually, you know, we're, we've been at the podcast for a little bit now, and so we, we go and interview different people, and we meet different people, and I when people learn that we have a partnership with NIAF, of course your name often comes up, and we do hear again and again people saying that you are a breath of fresh air. So you're kind of started on that path, and I just, why, why is that? What are people talking about when they tell me that? Well... For somebody's enthusiasm of their nationality mm-hmm. at his age and what mm. position he was in, and to make a commitment to, to run a nonprofit like this tells you a lot about who we're, we're dealing with. Right. And when you have a generational issue where most board members to get to the level of being able to be asked to sit on such a board is 50 and above or 60 mm-hmm. and above, mm-hmm. to have somebody with that kind of passion at his age walk through the door it's not a window that opens. There's no window or door that stays open in this right, place. Right. It's not a breath of fresh air. It's a wind. How about on a more personal <clears throat> level? What preserving and living your heritage means to you? Let's put it that way. And then we can get into what you, what of that you bring to this job. So you're saying, how do I preserve and live my heritage? Or why, why, does why it is matter? it important to yeah, you to do that? Why does it matter? Why, why are you doing all this? I'm, I'm oh, sitting in your office shit. right now. It is... It is like Florida ceiling crowded with Italian memorabilia, books, uh, papers, maps. I'm looking at a crucifix. You know, it's just, why? Why? I must have had some trauma. <laughs> <laughs> why are you doing all this? Um, well, I think, first of all, because either by nature or nurture, I have attributed everything positive of my life to my culture and everything negative, frankly. So I am who I am, I think, primarily because of the culture uh, that we come from. And I think, first of all, there's a lot of really important values that we have as a people that not only is it worth preserving, but it's worth saying to the rest of the country hey, take notice of us because we're doing a lot of stuff right. Yeah, we do stuff wrong. We fight, we this, we that, you know. But we do a lot of stuff right. And in a world where it's easier and easier every day for us to run the risk of evolving into like, you know, the, the fat guys in the floating wheelchairs from Wally, where we are literally sitting on the iPad talking to each other and being mm-hmm. next to each other, mm-hmm. you got to belong to something greater than yourself. Mm-hmm. It's what makes you human. So I'm not just necessary. I mean, you know, it's not just about like make sure the recipes stay alive. I do all that stuff. I, yeah. I cook. I, you know, I want to keep the specifics, but I also want to keep the reasons why, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like going to church and separating between the, the sacred and the profane, you know, the sacred. We don't really understand. Yeah. We know the profane right. and the profane gets us there. And we got to make sure when doing this that we're preserving both, I think. I definitely feel in today's day and age and, and often in America, it's easy to forget that it matters to have and to understand the depths of those roots. Yeah. And, you know, I please. Yeah, no, I, I 
my whole premise, and I preach it to my children and, and other people that I know, and they start getting into politics and how family and family values and where you came mm. from. If that structure, and for me, very similarly, you're saying, why would you even be involved? I mean, right. why is he here? Why is right. a board member in here? Right. Without, there's not, nothing I'm getting at a benefit here, except for losing half my wallet every time I get from the door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that that value of sitting around the kitchen table and having a tradition of certain foods and the conversation and the laughter and a glass of wine and the fact that you made that wine mm -hmm. and there's certain things that those roots are not just roots of family roots of what you came from but roots of, of heritage right. roots of tradition they dig so much deeper it's like a fig tree those yeah. things, you try to pull them out of the ground, forget it, it's mm -hmm, coming back mm -hmm. up. You know, that's how I feel that we are. And that tradition of what that family value is, yeah. is the breakdown of society now. Right. Absolutely. 100%. Because you don't have, when I would, when I would do something wrong or, or look at it as wrong and I'm going to do it, the line is right there. I would put my foot on it and half the time it was over it, but not completely. No, I understand. Because it wasn't my mother and my father. It was my mother, my father, my brothers, my aunts and uncles, my godparents, yep. my cousins. Mm -hmm. What would happen if that I went too far over that line? And it kept me structured because of those values and traditions that I didn't want to break that sacred bond of yeah. what, I was, what I came from. Mm -hmm. Now, you get... Two people now they think that you have everybody's got to get a job and do equal amounts and you you raise a family at 40 45 years old because you had to do certain things and traditions are no longer there the kids home alone having dinner every night yeah. or somebody else is raising them and not not to say that there's that, that not to be sexist about it because that's not where I'm going at all because everybody in my family's worked too I mean even my mother you know it's not like you don't have that but Right. There was always that sense of getting yeah. back mm -hmm. to the table, getting back to the that party, that that communion, yeah. that confirmation, the birthday. That doesn't because that doesn't it, exist. We're human beings, and that's the thing about our culture. Like all these people who are not Italian outside the work here, like I don't know. It just it reminds me of mine. Yeah, reminds me. One thing Italians have that is sort of our secret sauce is we're really good at being human beings. Yeah. We we come mm -hmm. together. We value safety of one another. That's. That's caveman style anthropology, yeah. being safe, right. being around the heart, eating together, you know, producing <clears throat> your food. I don't, you know, we're good at being humans. We're really humanistic, you know, yeah. appreciating the beauty of something, the simplicity of something. So, like, you know, I, I go back to religion a lot because I worked in the Diocese of Brooklyn. But, like, it's no coincidence that after the Second Vatican Council, the world's most populous church lost a ton of its membership mm -hmm. because they felt, oh, you can do away with the bells and the smells mm -hmm. and the traditions and people will have better access to the point. No, we're weak and small and we're nothing. We are not supposed to access the point. We're not supposed to know why we're doing this. We're just supposed to know that doing it is, is good. And, you know, I went home last week and made 95 pastiera and pizza rustic and all this stuff. And did I do it because... We need to eat and right. take them to family. Yeah, we like them. But in doing that, the rest of the family goes, oh, we'll, we'll make sure we're home because he's doing that. And because this is and just is how we do it. And right. the routine yeah. is human. And it, it brings everybody together. And yeah. as soon as you just lessen a little bit, you see it happen. It's yeah. just fractures. Right. And maybe you do it. It doesn't stop the fracturing. But it's the best 
attempt to stop the fracturing, I think. I agree, yeah. yeah. And you know, what you said about crossing the line reminded me of what you said in one of the episodes when you said you had gotten, when you were young, you had gotten mad with your parents and your friend told you, why don't you just run away from home? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my friend said, why don't you just run away? I, I write about this and uh, the memoir that I wrote, and I, I, it was one of those moments where you have a really keen understanding that you are something different than the rest of your American friends. And I just remember looking at her like, what? That's the most ridiculous what? thing I've ever heard, you know? Like, I can't. And remember her saying, like, why? Like, my my parents acted that way, you know? And I and I and the last thing I said to her was, that's disrespectful. Yeah, that's, you know, the word <laughs> is so not used enough. But that, if you look at the word respect and dissect it in a million different ways, I think 100% of the reason that we exist is because it, it still exists. Mm. Yeah. It, in everything. And you mean we as a people. We as a, Italian Americans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Not I even agree. Italians, because the world changes, mm-hmm. but it's unique. We are so unique in a way that. Yeah. I it's fun. I, I we were at an, we were at one of our events the the military thing the event and I speak Italian so I sat it with the two Supreme Court judges for on their side a couple people get up and it's the typical thing like oh and I start talking about their family and how we sat right. around the table in the hall and everybody's like ah and they looked and said you guys are Italian Americans are stuck in the turn of the century it's true. and they cherish everything we don't even recognize yeah. ourselves it's anymore absolutely you know what it is true. they recognize it and they cherish it they don't have we had the thank god the blessing of being like Encino man and frozen in it's time. so true we, we yes like hold down yeah back down the hatches because this is all we know right and they had the mm-hmm. unfortunate case of being able to progress, you know, we're very lucky. They wanted to, like the Italians wanted, especially the Southern Italians, they want to take off that kind of old school, antiquated, you know, uh, veneer and become modern like the Americans. And we have foundations to hold on to. Well, yeah, I mean, I had a joke with my mother growing up because we were raised like it was, you know, it was Southern Italy circa 1900. And then all we heard about was all the, this is what you do. This is what you don't do, right? All these rules. And then the first, one of the first times I was older, I've talked about this before on the show. We went back to Italy and I remember looking around and like, I'm dressed like a nun because, <laughs> because that's how I was raised, right. right? Like to be decent. I had to cover and I'm looking around and I'm like, mom, like we're in Piazza. I'm like looking at these girls, like, yeah. and, and it was eye opening for her. It was one of the first times she realized it's not. In 1967 was when they left Italy. She said it's not 1967 anymore. Yeah. But but for my family, that's where it stopped. Oh yeah, yeah. We stopped at the Italy they had known. But look what happened after that. I mean, with all due respect to Italy, you know the birth rates in yeah. the tank. There's Definitely. no more kids. Mm-mm. There's no sense of identity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's struggle. It's a struggle. People yeah. are leaving that country, and yeah. you know. I'm always thrilled. I mean, some Italians come here and they're like, "Look at these podunk cousins of ours <laughs> who think they're Italian." Then they they you know they look down at us. But there's other times, like we did the gala last year, and, you know, I'm very proud. So there was a lot of tricolor and a lot of pomp and ceremony. And one of them came out to me and said, this is my first gala. I've never, I'm from Italy, never felt more Italian in my life than right now. Wow, that's a big compliment. Yeah, Yeah. it's a very high compliment. And, you know, last year was the first time we finally, after old contracts and stuff, could do the gala the way we were going to do it for the future. And... You know, that's a blessing that we have, mm-hmm. and it's not tied up. It's, it's you know, again, Italian is sort of the umbrella of it, but it's the family values. Yeah, it's it the, really is. It's the sense of being together. 
It's the sense of doing those things. Yeah. I feel I wrote about this in the recent blog post. Uh, we're doing blog posts on the off pub dates Sundays. Uh, that that's our gift that we offer the world, and especially I feel like the American community. And and I think that it's really up to us. Instead of yes, we're assimilated, but in, not letting that part—the family values, the respect, yeah. the pride, the confidence—that's what—that's our gift to others. Absolutely, right? And we really need to preserve that. Can't get lost. It's not, who is our gift? It's our responsibility. Yeah. If not for this place, we would not have the opportunity we have. I mean, like absolutely. You know, we've mm-hmm. been doing these interviews for Italy, and we had Justice Alito, and we had. Pat Harrison and we had <clears throat> Gabe and a bunch of people from, from Washington have come together. And I sat in on a couple of them, and they all said the same thing. You know, my family was peasants, education, opportunity, mm-hmm. merit. Mm-hmm. That's what this country gave us. Mm-hmm. What we owe it back is to mm-hmm. say, that works. Here's how it works. You know, we're in a country where we're talking about building walls on our border. With all the respect to people's political views, that don't work in a country like ours. It just doesn't work. So... <clears throat> I think it's our responsibility to say, you know what, whatever you need to do in terms of population controls and how the process is, Mm -hmm. here's an example of a group of people who came in legally and illegally, and here's what they've become. So look at this, you know, we owe that. This is a model of how it can be done. This is a a microcosm, Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's incredibly important for us to be conscious of and to do, because it is our country, Mm -hmm. you know. I did a project in Australia with the Italian American, the Italian Australian community there, mm. and they were very, you know, they, they only started coming in after the war, so they were earliest immigrants from like '48, right? Wow. And so they still speak Italian, and they and they've been able to deal with a different Italy, right? That could react and give them institutions. So it's a different community. And they said to me, you know, we've we're not assimilated, we're integrated. Mm. And they said, you're assimilated. Mm. And I realized, frankly. That's my job, is to take our community from being one that's on the cusp of assimilation to one that's aiming towards integration, to maintaining our sort of individualness, but still being integrated. And it's an important difference, you know. I like that. I like that as a mission, and I think that we, we share that very much. And I think also there is, when you were just talking, you made me think of Dr. Shelsa from the Italian American Museum, and he said... I asked him the same question along the same lines of, you know, why or why are you doing all this? You know, for him, especially, it's such a labor of love and so much work coming up with the money and all that. And he said that he feels a dignity as an Italian-American that is bestowed upon him, like, through the dignity that he saw in all of his ancestors and the people who raised him. And I think that goes along with what you were saying with respect and all the values that we have, it's all wrapped up in, it's all wrapped up in like a dignity and a gift that we have to offer. And I I know, you know, there's, whether it's a stereotype or whether it's true, we're kind of known for being proud, right? And, and rather dignified people. I feel like it comes from, from those roots. Respect goes back to respect, respect of self, respect of your children, respect of your spouse, respect of your faith, respect of your property. Respect oh my God, beautifully of, said, yeah. I, I mean, you just respect gave me chills. The, yeah. yeah, because mm-hmm, it's so true. Mm-hmm. But we were taught that that word mm-hmm. meant so much, That's that right. if you didn't have it, you didn't exist. That's and right. that, 
it, it's a cultural thing because of where at Southern, most of the immigration that came here was from Southern Italy. Yeah. And if they didn't have respect of all those things I said, they didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. They still do respect life in general. And life, when I mean life, I mean self, mm-hmm. property, mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. family, spouse. Mm-hmm. You don't just get divorced. Right. Yeah. I mean, I come from a family of 500 at a wedding. There yeah. isn't one in my family. It's There's nobody unless, separated wow. because they know it's a job. It's work and you respect each other. As right. much as you can want to kill each other one day, right. you laugh the next. Right. That's not, right. doesn't exist elsewhere. Right. Those, are the, those are building blocks of education to, for us. I was interviewed once before for a program and I, they were asking me, I think there was a debate on immigration and how I felt. What I, I said, well, they could just take our model. Somebody should write a book on our model and deliver it to every other immigrant population that comes here. Because we can educate the living daylight. You're, like you know, like with our homes, you know, it didn't matter how much you had. You oh, didn't you, have to have a palace. Good. You didn't have to have a castle. Yeah, it looked good. But it had to be in clean and it had to be put together because that was your, your showing your worth. Mm-hmm. That was Beautiful. you. Part of you. It was a part of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I was in Eritrea, which was the oldest Italian colony in Africa of the few. Right? Hmm. So Eritrea was basically started... Uh, it was the coastal part of Ethiopia, and what, what made them separate, what still makes them separate, they fought a 30-year independence war to stay separate, is their, sort of their Italianita, like mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. they really think of themselves as very Italian, and I think they are. And I remember one of them pointing out, we were talking about the similarities and how they were Italian, and, and the guy said to me, you see all these people taking passeggiate, they said, look at them, observe them. He said, you know, we're one of the poorest nations in the world. He said, look at how they're dressed. Mm-hmm. He said, they may live in, in you know, shacks but they come out dressed and i remember my grandmother telling me about her father and how he used to, he was this garbage man and he would get dressed in a suit and a hat and a tie every morning go to the depot change into his jumpsuit get on a on a garbage cart because there wasn't a truck do his business and then come back and put the suit on to walk home oh, i mean that's you know that's yeah it's story. It's, uh, you know, my grandma told me the same, a similar story about her father who immigrated here from uh, Salerno, and he happened to be out with a bunch of other Italians, and they just, the police just picked them all up. He wasn't doing anything wrong, so my grandmother had to go to court. Her mom didn't speak English, my great-grandmother spoke English, so she said, her mother told her, you dress nice when you go to the court, dress really nice, portray yourself in a certain way. And that's what she did. She was young. She didn't know what she was doing. She went to the court. She dressed very nice. She spoke very nice to the judge. And he let let her father go out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But she told me, she's like, that's what my mother taught me is you always look that way. You carry yourself that way. Yeah. For me, it was always like, you know, don't make it. You better like put yourself out there the right way. And it gets gets in you. Absolutely. It's a dignity of, as you had said, your self. Yeah. Self-respect. Self-respect. When we moved to New Jersey as kids... You know, my father and mother started to build the business, and we had this opportunity to go to the suburbs. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. They didn't know. We lived in a tenement house that my father was born in, I was born in, and my grandmother was born in. We'd all been there for 100 years, and it was all family. So we were, like, pioneering. My aunt actually went first. So my aunt goes out to New Jersey, finds this little town, the only town in New Jersey we know are Italians, and we follow. So we're like aliens in this town. And I, But I, the point that I was getting at is I didn't realize that we were nowhere near the economic standing of the rest of town. I didn't realize, I knew we were different, I knew that. Right. But my grandparents would come from Brooklyn on the weekends, and they would stay with us. And I was, 
I think I'm like second or third grade, and they said, you know, draw your happiest moment. And I drew my grandparents. I remember drawing it, drawing my grandparents, showing up at my house. And I found those books, those workbooks, a couple of years ago when I was moving. And I'm looking at it, and I drew my grandparents, who had no money, came in a jalopy, in a tuxedo and like a fancy dress. Because when they showed up, I felt like the Kennedys were there. <laughs> and they were so poor, and they had nothing. And, you know, for them to come out to us, it's like Beautiful. going on vacation. But I, they had a dignity to them. This is who they were. Just, just poured out of them. And they made that impression on you. As that's you need. That's, that's how you see them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. And that's definitely our gift. So we have to keep on giving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank I could, you for... I would literally talk about this. Yeah. Ha- P.S. I stopped myself. I had like two to three stories to add about like family stories about being dressed that I stopped myself from saying it. That's like. what it is. <laughs> Just keep going. The reason you do what you, you know? do is you have a passion for it. Yeah, you that's know. That's another great trait of ours. That's like, yeah, the strength <laughs> and the weakness of the whole thing. We, like we say all the time, if I was the executive director of any other nonprofit, right, I would yeah. share interests and maybe some hobbies with board members, but they'd be board members. I, these people, are, for better or worse, are like my aunts and uncles because... Right. What is bringing us here is that we relate to each other on a level of subconscious. So it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing because you could do so much together without having to say it. But at the same time, you, you treat each other like family and you forget, like, there's a professional relationship here. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> I do. It's so I mean, fun. yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying it's funny. There was, you know, that one there when you find out that somebody's Italian that you were friends with. It's almost like they're now your cousin or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, you become so much closer because yeah. you can say or do anything and it won't matter. It's like your yeah. cousins. Like, my best friends growing up were my cousins because it right. didn't matter. Right. When I had to st- hang out with my friends who I loved and adored, it just wasn't the same because yeah. you had to act a little different. Yeah. It was something I had to be cool about, but with the, with the guys. If I, That's why we do all this. Yeah. yeah. Because if you keep that, which is at the core of all that we are, like we say in my house all the time, you 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 live it with us. You have good friends and family that are, that are your family. Mm-hmm. You come together at the table. It doesn't matter where that table is. It could be back in a tenement house. Mm-hmm. If they took everything away, and you knew the baseline of your life and what made you happy was always going to be the same. Who's better than you to go out to the world and take the risk that this life is? Right. That's what makes us great. Success. You've always got that. You've always got Hundred percent. Nowhere to fall. Oh my and gosh. And people yeah. that don't have family and don't have kinship networks and don't have, you know, like. Is it annoying that your aunts and uncles could tell you what to do like your parents? Yeah, it can be. But at the same time, when you need them, you know they're there. That's right. You're fearless. It, it gives it you a bravery. Yeah. My complete uh-huh. success is based on it didn't matter how far I fell. Yep. There's nowhere to fall. There was nowhere to fall. Yes. I remember when I was I was a partner in a, in a clinic that the guy was a, was brutal. And I find, we were supposed to be going into a full partnership. I went into the meeting. He said, I changed my mind. Mm. So I called home. I was distraught. And my father's like, well, then go out on your own. I'm like, Dad, I'm, I, I'm in the middle of, I got now, t- now all three kids are born. No, two of the kids were born. I'm like, I can't. My brother immediately calls up because my father talks to him. And my brother's got this company in New Jersey. I'm down in Maryland. And he's like, you got half my company. 50%, you come up, we'll build it, we'll triple this place, done. No questions, not a penny from you. You come back home if you want. Otherwise, you can go open your clinic. My father mails me, no, he came down the next weekend. He brings me two, he had another checkbooks with three checks, carbon, <laughs> co- like the, the whole, like he opens the checkbook, he signs six checks and he hands them over to me and he says, I don't care how much it's for, 
you, I, you know, I don't have a lot saved, but I have enough. You write it, you tell me how much it was for. I still have all six checks in my drawer, never put, uh, never touched them. And I always knew that I had, I built an empire. I had 15 clinics, sold three, I got 12, I'm opening two more. I have two other companies that I started. I'm involved with so much stuff. I can't get them. And now I sit on other board members. And it was all because of that one day. Right. Yeah. Well, and you didn't even really need to cash the checks. You had what you needed from that. I didn't. Yeah, but your dad didn't even flinch on the phone yeah. when you told him. He did. Said, told my brother. My brother didn't flinch to say, what are you worried about? You come back home, I yeah. give you half of my company. It was a million-dollar company at the time. I went out like a gorilla beating my chest. Saying, are you kidding me? Get the <laughs> out of my way. I think it might be. Six months later, I was making more money. Six months later, I was making no, more money than with my parts. <laughs> <laughs> my father we'll always talked about how he didn't have, you know, he, had, he went to West Point. They couldn't afford it. They were the poorest people in the neighborhood. And he got to West Point, he was 17. And he's, I, I've read his letters home to his parents. Like, I know I'm doing this for all of us. I know mm -hmm. this is my commitment mm -hmm. to us. I hate this. I want to be in the neighborhood with my friends, my family. Everybody's, you know, right. he was at West right. Point. What well, antithesis of exactly. being Italian. He said he got on the phone with my grandmother, and you know they get all sort of invested in his getting there. And he got on the phone with my grandmother and said, "Ma, I don't want to do this." She said, "Okay, come home." You know, and I think, <laughs> you know, he just goes, "We'll we'll go take the sanitation test. Who cares? We're happy here. You don't have to do this." And I think that freed him up to pursue it with courage mm. and build everything he's built off of it. Right. Because at the end of the day. Were we better off if we stood in the neighborhood and we lived in the same house? Maybe we were. Right. That's the crux of the whole thing. It's like the documentary that Maggio mm -hmm. made. Mm -hmm. What have we gained but what have we lost? Which we right. talk about constantly. But the constantly. reason you can be successful is because you know you could always go back to the neighborhood. That's yep. right. right. And it won't make a damn bit of difference. You can get that sanitation and that's job the full circle. and still smile. That's the full single. circle. We yeah. need to build. It's amazing. It's true. We need to build the appropriate neighborhood for where we are socially. We need to, we need to find that safety and give people that venue, even though we have evolved. Yeah. You don't have to lose it. You know? Right. Which that's is what that us. looks like. Yeah, it that's is. Us. Right, exactly. We can go on and on and on. Because there's so much depth to the meaning of it. It's just, you can dissect it. Yeah. It makes you proud. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Italian American Podcast. I would like to again recognize our sponsor for this episode, Select Italy. Everything you need for optimum travel to Italy is possible with Select Italy. Their helpful travel planners in Chicago, New York, and Shanghai are always ready to give the best advice on when and where to visit, while the Florence support staff is there to help should you need anything while you are in Italy. The company recently expanded its offerings and services to the Balkans with the launch of Select Croatia. Visit SelectItaly.com and SelectCroatia.com. Please consider connecting with us across social media. We are at Italian American on Instagram, at Ital American on Twitter, and the Italian American Podcast on Facebook. Ciao.